Yep, we're live here on Facebook. Uh, so welcome to all you on Facebook and those listening in podcast land. How you doing out there today? Hopefully you're doing well. Rich, how are you doing? I'm doing good, Mike. It's um, going to be in the mid-50s today, so I'm uh, looking forward to getting out there and uh, getting uh, going on a little bit of a bike ride today. Is it time to get clean, out of the house? clean off the deck from all of the dog poop? That that was done during the week. Mm. Yeah, I got to do that. That's on done. I got to do the patio. I got to figure. I'm, hopefully, I can get my neighbor to let me borrow a couple of tools that he has that I don't have: a hammer drill and uh, a pressure washer. Huh. Okay. That way, I can get that poop off the deck. <laughs> Not where I was expecting this conversation to go. But, hey, that's all know, right. It, <laughs> that's um, all right. We're just being honest with what we're doing today after we get done recording the yep. show. So, uh, man, crazy week in sports. Uh, so uh, let's do the let's whatever. What topics do we got today, Rich? That you want to uh, highlight? Well, um, we're going to talk a little bit of NFL because players keep on getting paid, Mike. Getting paid. As, uh, getting paid. So we'll kind of go through some of those new contracts that the people signed. Um, as always, the NASCAR corner lets you know uh, how our picks did in the Pennzoil 400 and give you a preview of the Intracart 500 down in Phoenix. And, Mike, yep. what's going to take up the rest of the show? Uh, baseball probably is going to take up most of it. Uh, but we also have the Big Ten tournament to talk about. Uh, and then we finally hit our quick hits. Uh, got a few things in there to talk about. Um I forgot to put that thing that I told you to put in, but I don't remember what it was to put in the quick hits. We'll figure it out by the time we get down that far. Hopefully. There was something else we were supposed to put in the dock. Uh, all that and more, but first, it's time to Let's leave. roll that intro. Broadcasting live from somewhere in Iowa, this is Balls and Sticks, the podcast, with your hosts, Mike and Rich. Okay, we're back. Okay, folks. Um, so first things first, let me get my, my, uh, my, my hat twisted slightly sideways. Yeah, okay. Yeah, Pedro. Try, try in the rock. Try in the rock. The Pedro Strofe look. The Pedro Strofe look. No, I I'll put it right because that, <laughs> that feels weird. Okay. Um. But before we get into any of our main topics, Rich, we have something really important to talk about. We have. That's right. A poll question. Yeah. So this week we looked at the Summer Olympics. Yep. And when I checked last night, we only had two votes. But at the same time, I think we didn't have a good selection of movies this week, or at least were very well-known movies, as the choices were the uh, were Foxcatcher, Race, Unbroken, Raising the Bar, and Chariots of Fire. Yeah. Um... No really big blockbuster movies. Or even really cult cult uh, classics. Nope. That came out of this field. Uh, the only one, I mean, the only one that got votes is the one that actually has three votes. Okay. Chariots of Fire. 
Yeah, um, we, we I watched that movie for the very first time last night, actually. And how was it? Uh, it was good. I, I it, it was it was good. I was expecting that iconic song that comes out of that movie that you know out of the movie the dun 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 dun. I was expecting that to be featured more in the movie. So I was kind of surprised that that iconic song, that that's what you know that movie for, was only featured twice in the entire film at the beginning and the end. Wow. Wow, that's uh, that's kind of odd, but I mean it makes sense. Um, yeah. I mean you can't you can't play it too much. So Yeah, but uh but, but my wife and I also watched Foxcatcher last night to that was the only other movie out of that list that I had seen. And I really did want to see Unbroken, the Luis uh, Zamparisi story, but no streaming service had it available without having to pay for it. So Yeah, I don't pay for things anymore. If it's not on a service that I uh, already am subscribed to, ain't going to watch it. Yeah, so so where, where did you vote at all, Mike? Or I voted for Chariots vote? of Fire as we were talking about it. Okay, cool. Cool, cool, cool. So uh, a shout-out to our other poll voter, uh, my dad, Mark Hendricks, voted for Chariots of Fire as well. Yep. We had three people vote for it, and it was you, me, and your dad. Yeah. I, I think unofficially my wife voted for it because she said once once we after we got done watching Foxcatcher, it was, nope, Chariots of Fire is the better movie. Yeah. Because I mean... Foxcatcher is just so – it has a really depressing ending of what happens at the end. Okay. Don't spoil it, because I'm not. I'm probably still not going to watch it. But... All right, it's Steve Steve Carell, Steve Carell, Channing Ooh, Tatum, okay. and uh, Steve Carell playing a serious role, and uh, it also has uh, Mark Ruffalo, 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 and uh, Channing Tatum. So it has the Hulk. Yeah, the Hulk and uh, Channing Tatum. Okay, folks, um, this week's poll question is going to be other sports movies. We have a huge lineup here, so I'm going to say some, Rich will say some, and mm-hmm. we might jump back and forth uh, to uh, to yeah. to where we... A uh... lot of good things to yep. say. A lot of good things to A lot of good movies. So we're going to start with Over the Top with Arm, the Sylvester Stallone arm wrestling movie. Bring it on. The franchise of Bring It On for cheerleading, of course. I'm probably going to say this wrong. Yeah, probably going to say this one wrong. But uh, Evictus, the uh, rugby. Yep. Morgan Freeman. uh, Was it Matt Damon? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Of course, uh, Sea Biscuit and Dodgeball. Mike, where are we going next? We also got out of uh, roller derby. We're going to do Whip It. Out of bowling, Kingpin for tennis. We have a couple of movies for you. We have Wimbledon and Battle of the Sexes. For surfing and skateboarding, we have Breakpoint and Lords of Dogtown. Rich, do you know the other two, or do you want me to finish it out? I'll, I'll give you the last. I'll, I'll let you have the last one, Mike. Okay. But the, the other one is a movie uh, probably I've never seen. I've seen it advertised as a streaming movie, is it? Coming yep. up as a suggestion of you might like this movie, but uh, Balls of Fury, Christopher Walken ping pong movie, I guess. And Mike, what's the last one? Because I've never heard of this movie until it, you said it during our pre-show. It is a National Lampoon's movie. Okay. Featuring Vince Vaughn, 
Blackball. Okay, and what's that movie about? Lawn bowling, a British lawn bowling, a, a British sport. So okay, so those are your choices. You can only vote for one. It's a large list, so we do need some wild cards to kind of even out our field. Yep. So maybe so who knows? We might take more than one movie from this list. Yeah. To go into the alt to the bracket, which we'll review, which we'll uh, come up with before we go on air tomorrow uh, next week, Mike. Yep. So we got a little bit of homework to think about, and uh, probably a longer pre-show. Yeah. Before yeah, we yeah. go on air tomorrow next week. Yep. So that's that. We're gonna get that on. We're gonna get that online. Uh, probably shortly after going off air today. So, Mike, let's go ahead and shift over to the gridiron, Mike. So, who got paid this week? Man, well, that would be Dak Prescott, ladies and gentlemen. Signed to a technical six-year deal, agreed to a $160 million contract. $126 million of it is guaranteed money. And he gets $66,000 as a signing bonus. Million dollars, yeah, Mike. Million, sorry, million. My brain doesn't work in millions. I'm lucky to get thousands, but okay. Um, yeah, Rich, what's that mean for him? Well, he becomes the second highest paid QB in the league behind only Patrick Mahomes. Is it worth it? Ah, uh, man. I, I think both sides got what they wanted out of this contract. Dallas gets to keep their quarterback that they really love who they picked up out of the third round a couple of years ago. And then of course, Dak Prescott gets to hit free agency again, uh, in, in four years. So, but worth it. I, I just no. he hasn't I mean, I, I think on Dallas society, it's worth it, but that's going to be a hard team to keep together once the real once the higher dollars kick in in years two three and four of that deal to where it's going to be hard to keep the core of the cowboys together so i think in the long term it's not going to be worth it but short term yes so i actually uh this is something i've been thinking about okay i have a revolutionary way to pay quarterbacks and what's that so here's here's my thought okay we're going to pay you $10 million a year. Okay. But for every playoff game you win, you get $10 million. So if you are a wild card and you make it to the Super Bowl, you just make it to the Super Bowl, you're going to earn $40 million that year. Right? And then, if you win the Super Bowl, we're going to double that. We're going to give you a $40 million bonus to win the Super Bowl. Hmm. Now, you say, what's that do to the salary cap? Right, Rich? That's probably what you're thinking. Sure, go ahead. Right. So, um, when you look at uh, incentive-based salaries, the incentives are... The the you have they're broken into two categories. They're likely to be met and non likely to be met. Um, winning so winning one one 
uh, playoff game for a good team would be considered likely to be met. Winning the Super Bowl would not be. So you actually end up splitting it between likely to be uh, met is paid on the year current year's salary for the salary cap. Okay. So last year's salary. So if you win one game, ten million. If, if they consider the ten million to be, or only one of them, that ten million goes on last year's salary. If you win the Super Bowl, that all whatever is considered not likely to happen would be put on next year's salary cap. Hmm. Okay. But you're also only paying them. For, uh, you're also only paying them ten million dollars a year. So yes, they are not getting high pay, but it frees up calorie, uh, salary cap to sign other guys to very similar contracts. Where if you win the Super Bowl, you're going to be way over the salary cap for the next year. That's going to happen. But is that a bad thing? I would say no, because that the the banner always flies. Even right. if you got to take a hit and take for that getting that two steps forward to get that Super Bowl, you got to take two steps back and kind of regroup. Yeah, for two years to recover from that salary cap mess that you put yourself in, it's it's worth it. And how many how many times does a Super Bowl winner go right back to the Super Bowl the next the very next year, let alone win it? Very few teams. That's how it works, folks. You you basically set yourself up to have uh, plenty of ways to pay them, and you can put other incentive bases in there. So they their average is fifteen million. But, uh, I like. I mean, you're paying. You're guaranteeing Dak he's going to get 126 million dollars, right? Mm-hmm. If he breaks his ankle every year from here until the end of this contract, he earns 126 million dollars and has done jack for you, correct? Yeah. So, I'm looking at it as. When I trade a player, I give um, what are those called again, Rich? The uh, like the if uh, the the trade with uh, Carson Wentz. Um, Compensatory draft picks? Not no. Those are if you if you lose more guys in a year than you than. Oh, the uh, conditional pick. Conditional, conditional yes. Pick. You get conditional okay. picks regularly, so. Those are basically incentive-based picks, right? Mm-hmm. If the guy you traded us does really well, we're going to pay you really well. But if he doesn't do jack, we're not going to pay you. Why don't we do that to our players? Because the players still need to get – still need to have guaranteed money. They're going to have – I'm going to pay you $10 why... million a year, period. That's good guaranteed money. I'll give you a 10-year contract. I'll make sure you get $100 million. But you got to make it, you got to prove to, you got to earn the other potentially, because look at it. If if you win the Super Bowl every year in that contract, that'd be $400 million. You'd be a $500 million player. That's a big if. Oh, wait. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. 
That's if you only win the Super Bowl. You also have to win the lead-up games. You could earn, you could theoretically earn $800 million in bonuses. Plus your $100 million. You're now a $900 million player. I think it's a novel idea, Mike, but I don't know if you could get any player to act in. It's a novel idea, but I think in theory it, it'd be a hard thing to to get. I think you could put those types of salaries into a larger contract like Dax, whether maybe you reduce it to maybe he gets maybe spread that across a couple of couple of years, and you put those types of bonuses in a con in a larger contract. To, to where you be drive down the total value of what's actually going to be paid out other than the bonuses. Yeah. But I don't know if you could theoretically make it basically a one or a two year deal and get that that player. Yeah, I don't to think it's going to be a two one or, or two three year, year deal. Two or three year deals over and over again. But you're going to have to do a five, a ten year deal to make that worthwhile to the guy. And it it incentivizes him to play better. You are the master of your own destiny with that. You want to get paid? Earn it. Rich, you work for John Deere, correct? I do. Okay. So, John Deere says, we will pay you this much a year. Do they just pay you that much a year, or do you have to work and earn it? I got to work and earn it. So, if you don't, if you decide you don't, you're not healthy enough to put in a day's work on Monday, and you don't have paid time off or sick time left you don't get paid for that no i'm not going to get paid that day my my weekly paycheck will be lower because i didn't work that day why don't you get guaranteed money because you have to earn it what's dag prescott doing to earn this money he's playing a game no 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 no. lots of risk no for 126 million what's he doing to to earn that money What's he have to do to earn that money? Show up. <laughs> yep. Doesn't have to do nothing. He could show up. He shows up. He gets paid. He could play so bad that they make him the second, the backup quarterback. That would be dumb, but he could. And you know what happens? They... You know what happens? He gets paid. Or they do what the Colts. They do what the Eagles and the in the Rams did with Goff and Wentz, and they trade him somewhere else and pay him to play for somebody else. And he's still going to get paid. Yeah, those two guys are still going to get paid. I mean, I mean that's what's happening with Deshaun Watson right now. Yeah. He's getting paid. Now, if he doesn't show up, that's a different story, but he's going to get paid. And he doesn't have to prove himself. Guaranteed money is a terrible idea. Make it incentive-based. I will. I would double the amount that he gets paid in incentive-based, and I will cut what his guaranteed money is by a third, or by okay. two thirds. But good luck getting the getting a players association the, to get behind those deals. You don't. You don't have to get the association to get behind it. You have to get one guy to sign it. And I say, if you believe in yourself, this is what we're doing. And if you believe in yourself, you want guys that also believe in themselves around you, right? Yeah, and that's kind of what Tom Brady has done in 
Tampa Bay. Yep. He signed a new deal as well this week, which the revised deal. Yeah. Saying that we'll provide the Bucks with approximately $19 million in cap room this year. And as of last week, the Bucks were said to have had only $11 million available to where the future all famer was initially on the books for $28 million in 21. Um, now he wants to play until his age 45 season. So he restructured his deal to to make that happen to where with he also has voidable years to where that can spread out the salary across those years if he just retires or the bucks void the deal yeah and i mean you can you can say all you want about how you don't like tom brady or you wish you could have seen other teams in the super bowl besides the patriots year in and year out but tom brady hasn't been the type of person that has wanted to reset the market with his contracts every single year like all these other quarterbacks and that's why he gets guys around him that yeah that look good he doesn't look like he's struggling to find a receiver i think that's a great i think the the tom brady way of doing it is the right way to do it yeah he's got how many super bowl rings and He's still made a good chunk of money throughout his entire career. And he's got a lady that probably makes it makes him look poor. Yeah. In Giselle. She makes more money than him. Yeah, I mean, look, look at look at what the look at what the team look look at what teams have done after they've paid that big money quarterback. They've played paid their quarterback to make them the highest paid player at that position. Has Deshaun Watson done anything since he got the big contract? No. Did Jared Goff do anything after no. he led the team to the Super Bowl? Nope. Um, Carson Russell Wentz. Wilson. Carson Wentz. Russell Wilson. The Seahawks yep. haven't been able to field as, as good of a team since they've paid Russ. Speaking of since which. Since they paid Russ. Speaking of Russell, uh, Rich, you have an announcement to make to all the fans, don't you? I kind of do. I, I've had about I've had a week to kind of mull it over and see some more articles about possible trade packages around around Russell Wilson to Chicago and I'm starting to come around a little bit more to the idea. Um, so you're saying I wasn't crazy? No. Not, okay. Not, not completely crazy. I don't even think on the air I said you were completely crazy to right. mortgage three first round picks and and a couple of key defensive players to make it happen. Uh, I mean, I'm still a little bit on the fence as far as, all right, what players are going to make it, what players can make this deal happen. Yeah, I, that's the, the hard part right now, uh, knowing who and what would make this deal happen. Uh, but on that note, uh, Las Vegas has taken, taken the uh, where is Russell going to end up off the board. Generally, that really? means that something is going to happen. That happened uh, Thursday mid-morning. Um, hmm. Most of the the... Most of Vegas's uh, books have taken that gambling. Uh, I don't even know what they would call that futures bet. Uh, probably off, a futures. They took that off the board, um, which indicates that they know something is happening or an announcement is about to be made. And if that happens, hopefully the Bears have made an offer. Uh, from what I have heard, the Bears were the only team of the four teams that Russell had uh, announced to have made an offer till up until Thursday that I had heard about. 
So yeah, but I mean the, the Cowboys are out of it since yep. they've signed Prescott. Yep, they can't afford to put Russell and Prescott on the same team. That in and of itself would uh, unless be over Prescott the salary cap. could be involved in a deal, but it, uh, they wouldn't have signed him with that big of a contract. But and have Prescott the got a no trade clause. Oh, he did. He got a no trade clause and a no franchise clause. By oh. the way, Prescott, ladies and gentlemen, Prescott is a genius. Genius. Uh, his well, his lawyers are. So mm-hmm. he waited until they had to tender the franchise tag. So they franchise tagged him. So technically he got two franchise tags, right? Mm-hmm. Um, even though they signed this deal and it voids the franchise tag and makes this deal the, the actual deal, because it was used, they can't the, if they use it again, it includes that 44% increase in whatever the franchise tag would be at that time. That's number one. Number two, do you know what day those last two years void off? It's the first day of the fifth year of the season, which means it's after franchise tag deadline day. Oh. Yeah. So the soonest they can void it, or the soonest it will be voided, will be franchise the day after franchise tag day, which means they can't franchise tag him that day. And even if they did... They'd have to use the third time franchise tag, which would make add a forty four percent increase to the average of the top five paid quarterbacks at that time. Yeah. So get, tell me that's not genius. Yeah. So the Cowboys are 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 probably out of the running. The Saints don't have the salary cap space to make a deal work. And technically they don't have they still have a quarterback. Yep, technically they do. Drew Brees has not officially announced a retirement. Yep, his retirement intentions yet, and so really to me, it almost comes down to the Raiders or the Bears. And I, there have mm. been plenty of stories saying that the Bears have are making a big push to make this happen. And the Raiders have have openly said their goal is to get Deshaun Watson. Mm. They so have... they want they would rather have Deshaun Watson. Yeah, or or roll with. Or go or run it back with Derek Carr another year. They have they basically said that now they're trying to get two franchise or two trade two uh, blah, 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 sorry two first round draft picks for Derek Carr. They legitimately they're going out shopping that. Um, I think that's I don't a think little he's high. Two, no, I agree. Two first, two not two first. I could maybe see some day two picks like a second and a third but not not two first that's what they're going for because then they're going to combine that with their first round this year and attempt to make a run at uh, Deshaun speaking of which uh, Houston is also announced that they are now taking phone calls oh they're taking phone calls now yeah well it probably doesn't hurt that you still have Watson still not budging from that I'm not going to play for you yeah I also, he should retire. He he should officially tender a re- resi- or a retirement, not a uh, sit out. Retirement makes him more money, or he doesn't have to pay back the money. Sitting out, he has to pay it out. Um, and then finally, for the last bit of our NFL news, Rich, the Bears did something this week. We actually did two things. You only have one on here. Oh, oh, that's right. Yeah, we we signed our we signed a kicker, Cairo yeah. Santos. To a five-year deal, I think yeah, it was. Six, so we, we have a good, so we million. have a, 
we have a solid kicker for the next five years. Yeah, I think the, the Bears ownership is kicking themselves for not having locked up Robbie Gould all those years ago. Yeah, I, I think they did. I think maybe, if anything, they let one down season dictate their decision that uh, he's washed up. Yep. And he still puts up pretty good numbers yep. uh, in the NFL out in San Francisco. Doing great. Um, but but the, the big news, the other big news coming out, franchise tag, the Bears had to tender, or the Bears get a franchise tag. And Rich, who they put it on, and what's it look like for his projected salary? Allen Robinson is going to get franchise tagged for the second year in a row, and yep. the projection is one year, $18 million. Okay. Um, that's probably the best guy to put it on, right? Yeah, probably. I don't think anybody else that's a free agent really deserves a franchise tag. Um, so, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, any yeah. other NFL news before we uh, we go elsewhere? I don't think so, Mike. So, uh, do you see what's coming up next? I do. It's the NASCAR corner. So, Rich. Uh, <laughs> that's right. So, last last week they were out in Las Vegas for the Pennzoil 400. Yep. Uh, your race winner was Kyle Larson from Hendrick Motorsports. Uh, Mike, you're picking breaking a record, by the way, breaking a record. Yeah. The fastest person ever in Hendricks Motorsports to win a race. Huh? He did it in four races. Signing on as a new deal with the team. Yes. Oh, okay. Signed on this year. Did not know that after four races, he won a race. All right. Um, our picks. We were, we were in the t- we got drivers in the top twenty, but they were on the really low end of the top twenty. As yeah. your pick of Kurt Busch came in nineteenth, my pick of Kevin Harvick came in twentieth. So, Mike, you have a three to one edge. Yeah. And over on the NASCAR shoutout, Las Vegas Motor Speedway was won by me with one hundred and ninety points, uh, but Tony came in second with one eighty four, and there's a pretty big gap going down between third and fourth as uh, Solomon came in with 143. Mike, your crew got you 127 coming in fourth place for Vegas. By the way, um, I again attempted to use the thing, but because of the delay, uh, I couldn't get Martin Truex in. Ah. Uh, Just saying. So Okay. Okay. But you still do have the honors, Mike. So before we give our picks for Phoenix, yeah. any lineup advice of guys that you like at this track? Uh, it's going to be hot. It's going to be steamy. Um, honestly, uh, with the way this year's going, I, I don't know that I can give you great advice. It's been yeah. a crazy year, folks. The guys that the, the guys that we expect to win are not winning, and the guys that are winning are nearly no names or young drivers. So uh, that makes it a little bit hard for me. It is very similar to what Vegas was. Um, So, I mean, I would say, again, Kevin Harvick, Kurt Busch uh, should do well there. Should do well there. Um, Mm -hmm. I'd also look to guys uh, like... uh, uh, Chase Elliott always is a good guy to mm-hmm. to pick on. Um, 
Joey Logano, though, would be my uh, my pick, my my sideways pick of the of the year or of the week. A uh, guy that uh, you don't hear us talk about much on here, but uh, always does solid at these mile and a half tracks. Yeah, I I thought about using Joey Joey Legs as well in my lineup, but I've used him a couple. I, I'm I'm I want to save races for him, and he just hasn't been kind of been up and down this year. So I, I'm choosing not to use him this year, guys. That uh, guys that I like for this race in the lineup, uh, Ryan Blaney, um, everybody's favorite driver, Kyle Busch, as yeah. well as um, probably even Brad Keselowski, who had a good showing in uh, Vegas last week, who just couldn't come away with a victory, but he's still pretty, still finished pretty high. So Rich, this week uh, I do have honors, um, and you I do. am picking Denny Hamlin. Denny Hamlin, folks. Oh. All right, so I'm going to stay in the Joe Gibbs stable as well. While, uh, I mean, the three guys that I was kind of um, thinking about this week were Keslowski, Harvick, and Kyle Busch. I'm going to go, my wife's not going to like it when we're watching the race that I'm rooting or It's okay, watching. <laughs> the way that you make these picks, go ahead, pick it, and then I'll make I a know. statement. Kyle Bush. I'm going to go Kyle Bush. And that means, good success. Ladies and gentlemen, do not put him in your starting lineup <laughs> because he will crash. Every time last year Rich picked him, he ended up getting involved in some nasty wreck. I bet if Kyle Bush ever stumbles upon this and hears how terribly he does when you pick him, he's going to tell you never to pick him again. <laughs> we'll see. I mean, looking at looking at race histories and uh, and where people have finished, it seems like the two top drivers, two top drivers for this track are Bush or Harvick. Mm. For of how successful these guys have been at the track, so I'm gonna I'm gonna so I'm gonna use both of them in my fantasy lineup. But as far as a a pick to win, I'm gonna say Kyle Bush. Okay. Um... Speaking the name Bush, you like how I did that transition? I did. And then I go point it out, which makes it even better. Uh, uh-huh. We have the four finalists for the Bush Name the Race 400 at Kansas Motor Speedway in May. Rich, what are the four choices? The Bush Latte 400, the For the Farmers 400, Nectar of the Cobbs 400, and the Bushy McBush Race 400. We know which one it's going to be. It's going to be Bushy McBush fa- Race. Um, <laughs> it's just what it's going to be. That's going to be you funny. Know, I, I, was, I was really hoping that you would get a... like a, a more... A, a, an additional off-the-wall funny one. Like, like Balls and Sticks Bushy the Podcast? Mc- not not Bush, Bush the not balls the six of podcast like coming out of the wall, but I mean when I saw these four names come out being announced of hey these are the four finalists yeah for the race this seemed like even before the contest started these were the four names that Bush Beer was going to allow to be the finalists yeah it's I, or I the mean, marketing wing it probably was going to be that anyway whatever. They were just looking for people to name name it that. Uh, Bush Latte is going to do really well here in the Midwest. Uh, mm-hmm. For the Farmers will probably do well. Uh, Nectar of the Cobbs probably going to go over a lot of people's head. And then Bushy McBush Race is going to probably win is my guess. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I, I like Bush Latte 400. 
you, you hear it a lot called that. Um, you're, but I mean, if anything, you know, it, it, it probably still raised a lot of money for the charity that they were wanting that to go to or for farm aid. So you good for Bush to, to getting it out there. Um, it'd be, I, I'm still, I'm curious to know what the other races race names were Yeah. that didn't make the cut, but, yep. or maybe I would have liked to have seen maybe more than just four, four choices being done. But at the same time, you, you knew that I mean, something had Rich, to have you and I to put draw a, it back. You and I put a poll question in the field, and we realized that the more you have, the harder it gets, right? Yeah. So you got to have – you got to limit it. And four is a good number for a poll. Uh, honestly, it's going to be probably Bush, Bushy McBush race uh, or something. I Yeah, Bush Latte maybe. I don't think the other two probably have a chance, but we'll see. I could be wrong. So, Rich, anything else? Or should we let the cars go around the track and make those left turns? Let's go ahead and let them make some more left turns. And we're heading out of the NASCAR corner, heading on to the diamond. Rich, spring training's upon us. Uh, we didn't talk about it really last week as much as we as much as I wanted to, and uh, we're going to talk about it now. Spring training 2020 has some odd rules. I guess it's 2021 technically. Yeah. By the way, but spring training 2021 has some hangover from 2020, and they they're doing some interesting rules. The first rule, I don't have a problem with seven inning games. Thoughts. No problem, unless the two teams agree before the game that they want to play eight or nine game, nine inning, nine innings. So the way that that rule actually reads is the managers have to have a discussion and agree to how many innings it's going to be the night before, by five o'clock the night before. That's how this. That's how that rule works. So they agree to play seven innings, and they can agree that oh we'll play more. Um, the worst one to me was the Cubs played an eight-inning game and it ended in a tie. Yeah, wasn't that after they had had the lead? Yeah, and let the other in team the seventh inning, and then let the other te- team and they let the other team say that hey, we really want to see this guy pitch. Can yep. we play the bottom? Can we play the bottom? Can we have you? Can we play the bottom seventh inning? Even though technically. By the yep. rules, we don't have to play it. And then the Cubs wanted to see a pitcher, and then they and they scored a couple runs in the eighth, and uh, the Cubs came back and didn't do anything in the bottom of the eighth, and they're like, okay, that's good enough. So they ended in but a it, tie. Yeah, but it's spring training, so yeah, it doesn't matter. But it's okay. It like matter. I'm, I'm not, a, I'm not 100 percent opposed to it. Just kind of odd. Um, the next rule, not a big fan of, the mercy rule. Or yeah, the, rollover innings. Yeah, this has caused some confusion in the broadcast booth. It's caused confusion probably for the official scorers that are scoring the game as well. Um, what you had, we had a game this week versus San Francisco, mm-hmm. where we left three men on the bases, and San Francisco called the rollover called a rollover inning. As an announcer, what do you say about those three people on the bases? 
they weren't out, but they're not going back. They're not going to be back on those bases in the begin of the next right. half inning. Right. But uh, the announcer said the Cubs strand three <laughs> as we head to the bottom of the whatever inning. The Cubs oh. didn't strand anybody. Your pitcher sucked so bad that we had to co- we gave you mercy and walked our three guys off the bags. Nobody stranded anybody. Y'all suck. That's that's it. Period. Don't come at yeah. me with you stranded the Cubs stranded three. That's dumb talk. Yeah, and then what happened in the next Cubs half inning? Ian Happ hits a home run. Yeah, in that inning, to lead off that inning. Initially, they put it up on the scoreboard as one run, and then uh, magically it turns into a grand slam. Because oh yeah, those those three guys. Yeah, oh yeah, we forgot about them. They were on base, so that you hit a grand slam. I actually turned the game off after that point because I was so angry with the way the announcers called that. I did not realize they gave him a grand slam because those three guys were on the base. Yeah, would have been on the base. <laughs> now I'm even you know, more I would, upset. I mean, I would say that if you're gonna have the mercy rule and all right, end the inning, you know what? Take it as that's the end of the inning. Yeah. No runners on base when the next inning starts. That's just it. Yeah. I mean, I think I would have been more happy that all right, if you're gonna have a mercy rule, then we're gonna assume that the next if there were if there was one out, if there were no outs in the inning, then you know what? We're, if you're going to call the inning, those three guys score because we're going to assume that we're going to allow those guys to advance one base for every out that you didn't record. I like that. Or I, I like that. So, so if there were two outs in the innings and you called rollover or mercy, one guy scores. The other or, one that was stupidly confusing, and I think I told you about this. You might have. Go ahead. Um. So I don't even remember. There was – three guys on base and uh, a pitcher had all of his pitches in. You have to have 20, mm-hmm. you have to have 20 pitch a minimum of 20 pitches for a single pitcher. If you change pitchers, that clock start, that pitch count starts over okay. like it normally would, but they had 20 pitches in. They hit the batter and then argue that it hit the bottom of the bat. And this was against the Oakland A's, I believe. Well, if it hits the bottom of the bat, that can, that's considered a foul ball, right? And the catcher caught that ball? No, he didn't. Oh, okay. It just it hit the ground and went behind home plate. So it would have been a foul ball, just a regular foul ball. Okay. Um, but then they call the mercy rule. Okay. Everybody goes in. Oh, Okay. And the, uh, the the announcers are confused, like full-on confused. I don't know what they're calling, but we got to go to break. We'll let you know when we get back. So the announcers come back. They say, this is what happened. Uh, they say it hit the bottom of the bat, foul ball. Um, or No, he must have caught it. They must have caught it. Foul ball out is what the, the call was. And then the mercy rule. Okay. Score didn't change. Nobody's worried about it. Then that inning, the, that inning goes on. Then they go to break. They come back, and all of a sudden the score is different. 
because apparently what the official score, what officially happened was it wasn't a pitch uh, uh, foul ball. It was a hit by pitch. And the runner on third got to come home. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, the announcers are like, we have no clue what just happened. They got a score. This is what we're being told. I don't know. It doesn't make sense. Yes, that can happen in real life, but normally it's in the same inning because you're going to talk about it and you're going to see it ha- play out. Mm-hmm. But with this rollover inning, nobody, uh, I think it was Baez was at, at third or whoever was at third didn't even come home, didn't come home and touch the bag or touch home plate to get the run. They just gave him the run. It's spring training, I understand, but you got to have some sort of civility going on, right? Uh, um, also, the major leagues have announced that there will continue to be an alternative site to keep guys healthy so you can bring them in in case. What does that mean for the AAA, Rich? The question that's, a, that's exactly what everybody yeah. else is saying. We don't know necessarily. Uh, minimum, it means that they're pushing AAA back a month. Yeah, so I, I don't, I mean, I think that the alternate sites are only there until the AAA season starts. I Once the AAA so, yeah. season starts, it goes, yeah. reverts back to normal, and you're not going to have those alternate training sites where guys are playing scrimmages to stay in game shape and be ready just in case the major league team needs them. Here's a good question. Alternative site guys, does that count as uh, time served? I don't think it does. I think that's okay. the alternate training site is a, an equivalent of a minor league year. I mean, that's fine and all. I did whatever. I don't care. But with the way that things have been going over the last two years about service time and all that and how it's been being manipulated for years by all of these guys, mm-hmm. this seems like a bad idea. Yeah. I, I don't think you're, you're going to see the alternate training site be a permanent fixture. I think it's only being put in place Yep. so you, you can keep guys closer, so you can keep an alternate training site closer to the Major League Club rather than just keeping them in Arizona. Yeah. Arizona until they're needed. So um, speaking of the minor leagues, Mike, a lot of new rule changes are going to be implemented at the minor league level to try to try some things out. Okay, yep. So those rules are slightly larger bases with a less slippery service surface which will be at triple a so guys don't run into each other that's the concept there but yeah you're still going to have guys blocking the plate or blocking the bag so that's not going to help okay yeah so we'll break down each one after we announce them all so a requirement the second one is a requirement that all four infielders have their cleats within the outer boundary of the infield dirt when the pitch is delivered that'll be in double a ball the third one, a requirement that pitchers must step off the rubber to attempt a pickoff. You'll see that in to the all bases, a. by the way. Huh? To all the bases. Yes, to any base. Because currently the in... rule is only specific bases, right? I don't mm, remember. But either that, way. We're, we're getting there. Um, a limit of two pickoff attempts per plate appearance. You'll see that down in low A. A 15-second pitch clock in the low A West region only. And an automatic ball strike system using TrackMan in the low A Southeast division. Well, 
Uh, let's break it down. The first one, I don't care. Whatever. Make the bases yeah. a little bit bigger. It's not going to really change the game all that much, is it? I don't think so. They, they technically will reduce the amount of space in between the bases, technically. True. But their their feeling is mean players will run into players will there'll be less chances for injury since the surface of the bag will be slightly different to be able to hold up better if there's rain yep if there's rain so i i think that less that's slippage a, less slippage that's a good thing okay that's a good thing and if it's it, i don't think it keeps the distance between the base pass it makes that big of a difference that nope. i don't think that'll nope um that'll make a difference the biggest thing, the one that I've heard is the double bag at first, like they have in Little League as a potential mm-hmm. thought to make it so that those plays are less, you have, they're less obstructive. And that the, the, I guess the inner side of the bag is owned by the, by the, uh, by first the baseman. And then okay. the outside of the bag is owned by the runner. And if you cross either side as the other person, you technically, it's a interference and you're either out or it's a, it's the base is the guys hmm. heard something like that at one point, but either way, I, you know, that doesn't yeah. change the game all that much. And I don't care. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't see the double bag coming into play for first base. Because uh, most of the time, a fielder is putting his foot up against the bag, not on the bag directly. His foot is up on, like, the corner of the bag for his foot being on the base, not on the bag itself. So yeah. I don't think that's as big of a deal. Okay. So the second one was defensive positioning restrictions throughout Double A. So the infielder will never maneuver. Uh, so the first baseman, second baseman, shortstop, and third baseman will be required to have both feet completely in front of the outer infield dirt boundary when the pitch is delivered. I don't like this. You I understand like that. I understand the reasoning, and I have heard, or the guys that I was, that I, I think, I don't remember which game it was this week that I was listening to. Uh, I've just been listening to baseball as much as I can. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they were saying, you know, what's next? Are you going to make it so that you can't have a shift? You have to have a balanced infield? They're saying that that could be a rule change that could come to double A in the second half of the season. Yeah, that's I, – I, why? I mean, I understand why. You want to make more scoring. You want to make – but aren't those quick plays more fun? Um, but then on top of it – um. Okay, both. That's only when the pitch is delivered. So, you got guys like, um, um, I well, I mean, we've seen when uh, Contreras was playing second, he had that back step that he would do. If you time it right, both your feet are in the infield as the pitch is being delivered, as you're backpedaling, and then right as it leaves the hand. That's all the longer you have to be there, right? As soon as it leaves the hands, you're now in the outfield. That's not going to – these guys' yeah. timing is so good that they can do this regularly. I don't think that's going to really help. Um, I really don't like the change of – but whatever. Yeah, I mean, there's a part of me that says, you know what? Let, let's do this. 
Because, I mean, it gives the guys that hit for, like, that have, like, that. Because I, I guess you're going to see more balls in play. Those and you bloops. won't have that. Yeah, singles. yeah, those singles will bloop in. Or you'll have, like, the scorching line drives that get picked up by the second baseman that's playing in second in, in shallow right center not be get by for hits because they couldn't field that being on the infield. Yep. But at the same time, I think just like the defense have deep, deep clear uh, teams um, defensive positioning has, has changed to combat to um, kind of adjust to so many of these hitters being pole, being pole hitter, pure pole hitters that eventually you know what? As a hitter, you need to adjust as well yep. and become an all-around hitter. Whether that's laying down a bunt because they're giving it to you because there's only one guy on the other side of the infield, or you know, learning to hit the other way. And the other thing we've seen, this is something. I mean, you got guys like Jock Peterson who's pushing the ball now. Mm-hmm. Like, he, he, by the way, he's been doing great in spring training if he does half as good in spring in in the regular season as he does in spring training we're going to be doing great uh but uh you got guys that that do that and the defenses are getting confuzzled and can't do anything about it all right so mike what's the next rule a little Uh, bit more explanation on the next rule so requires that a pitcher must step off the rubber in an attempted pickoff um let me get to that one because there's uh, hi. Okay, this changes is aimed at increasing the number of stolen bases, base attempts, and perhaps the stolen base success rate by forcing pitchers to fully step off of the rubber before attempting a pickoff. The move by a left-handed pitchers, uh, think Andy Pennant, is to raise the knee up and deliver a throw to first is eliminated. Um, and uh, snap throws following followed by stepping off are prohibited. When this rule was tested in the Atlantic League uh, in 2019, runners were more uh, ambitious with their leadoffs and more successful in their stolen base attempts. Uh, Consequently, uh, or conceivably, this change would have an impact on the pitcher-hitter dynamic as well as uh, if as well if the pitcher is more mindful of the running running game he may throw more fastballs in the zone leading to more offensive action okay i don't like this i, I don't like it either i mean that's a being a pitcher a lot of pitchers can be really well known for their pickoff attempts like yep. andy pettit in that example or any left-handed pitcher to where they they can see the runner at first yep. base a little bit better. Yep. And, and snap Kyle throws. Hendricks has a great, Kyle Hendricks has a great pickoff as yeah. well. I hate it. Um, all this is going to do is make more John Lester's. Not even trying to hold the runner yep. on. It's all right. I can't do anything. I can't do what I was taught and what I've done all my career anymore. And, and that also leads into the low A, which is, uh, basically to say there's a limit on the number of pickoff attempts to two per per batter. That is a terrible thing. Yeah, I I don't like that either. So if you're a runner on first, 
after you've had two pickoff throws, you can take a much larger lead because yep. you know he can't throw back over there again. You can get halfway over. You can I get mean, you can get halfway, and I mean you could you basically get a free stolen base at that point, don't you? You could. I mean, are they going to are they going to put that same limit on a catcher too, to where oops the catcher like Wilson Contreras doing his his back his, snap his back snap of throwing the runner out to where let's say it was like a you could see more pitch outs coming you could see that could lead to more pitch outs if the runner is taking a more adventurous lead that could lead to catchers developing a better pickoff maneuver as well at least in the low ways so you could see more catchers being a little bit more adventurous and be more skillful with that back pick over the first base like Contreras is yeah I either way I don't like it um, I mean, it basically gives a free stolen base after the first two attempts. Or it could, or at least a bigger lead, because you know you're not going to get thrown up. You know you're not going to get a throw over, to keep yep. you honest. Um, the um, other two rule changes, real quick, just because we're starting to get close yeah. to our normal time. Uh, pitch clock that's already been in effect, they're just getting more aggressive with the time, the amount of time. They're trying to dial in what's the Apple amount of time that gives mm-hmm. guys – an adequate amount of time to get set, but also keep the pace of the game faster. I don't care. It's First of all, it's not even all of low A. It's low A West, so who cares? And B, you gotta fi- if, you're gonna, if we're going to bring the pitch clock in, you got to figure out where that has to be. That's just part of the game. Mm-hmm. You're going to have to figure out what the time frame on that is. And then the robo-ump, we all know this is coming, folks. If you don't see it on the wall, as much as – I hate it. I don't know. Richard, what's your call on that? I kind of like to watch a game and see it called into place. Um, yeah. A podcast that I listened to a lot last year, The the Compound, which was hosted by uh, Ian Happ and two other Cubs players, two other Cubs minor leaguers, talked about how they used RoboUmp at the alternate training site. So uh, Steven Souza Jr. was down there doing some rehab work and they were tra- doing the track man. And sure enough, they were pitching to him and it was like, ball the, you know, no I think they called it a strike and he was saying no that that's a ball I've been in the majors for so many years that was a ball but it's like you can't argue with the track man that, that I mean said you, it, technically it, you it, can't it argue zone. technically you can't argue with the ump anyway about it no so you I mean, know I don't it, mind there's a part way, of me but... that likes a standardized strike zone but will it account for the height of players so you have a guy like that's tall six seven six five like Aaron Judge, who doesn't crouch, yep. is does he have the same strike zone as Jose Altuve, who's like five seven and also hits in a crouch? I mean, what about Henry Henry Roland Gardner? When he was in the league, his pitch his strike zone was that of a fourth grader. Yes, Henry Roland Gardner. I <laughs> he had a, he had, a fictional character, but yeah, he had a his small strike, strike zone, zone was the size of a sixth grader because he was a sixth grader. I mean, come on, you gotta yeah, have that. So, yeah. So I mean, I think I, of I could see, Rolling Gardner. I could, yeah, I could see the Robo Ump thing going spreading out across more minor league, more of the minor leagues. But I think they need to fine tune it to know whether the strike zone will adjust. Yeah. Based on the pitcher, and is it going to be totally? You're no longer going to have a home plate umpire behind the plate, or how they're going to relay the call to him. And could that umpire also be able to override it and still be able to call the game? 
I'm gonna guess not, and I'm gonna probably not. Yeah, I don't. the The interesting one is how they're gonna get the calls down there, but uh, yeah. Okay, um, we have just about one to two minutes left. Uh, let's look through wow. here real quick. Uh, for, um, we you know, we got to talk the Big Ten tournament. We have to. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah. Let's skip. You're gonna see. We'll 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 kind of talk about uh, fans in the stands next week. Yep. Uh, so we'll skip over that. Fans are allowed in the stands. We'll talk more about it next week. Both so NCAA in, tournament. Yep. And in all um, in in Chicago, in all stadiums except for Washington, we'll talk about what that exactly looks like. But yeah, that's been announced that most stadiums will allow that. Uh, the Big Ten tournament is going on this weekend, uh, and it looks like the Big Ten is going to be highly represented in the Big Dance. Uh, folks, we do ask that you hit the link below um, if you're looking if you're on our Facebook page. Uh, it's we've shared it on both our show page, our fan page, and our personal pages. Mm-hmm. Um, check those out. Join our, join up. We have seven already. Uh, we'd like to have more, uh, so we'll keep sending it out to people. Hopefully, we get uh, some more responses. Uh, the big that is announced tomorrow that that's going to happen. And Rich, what else was announced this week for the Big Ten tournament as far as health of the players? Well, it wasn't the Big Ten tournament. It was the NCAA tournament as a whole. But the way that they're going to combat or counterreact for COVID, taking into account for COVID, is that as long as you have five healthy players, the game will go on. Wow. So that means that what what the NCAA, you play 10-minute halves? Uh, Something like that. 10 or 20-minute halves. So you have five players that got to play the entire game, no rest. Yeah. And um, the first thing that came to my, my mind out of it was, well, what, what happens with foul trouble? Yeah. If you get a player, if you're playing with five players due to COVID and one of those guys gets in the foul trouble, if he fouls out, is the game over or are you playing? Do you forfeit or is, does the game end and whoever, which other team is ahead get that victory? Yeah. That's, that's a great question. Um, speaking of COVID, uh, Duke, Kansas, and West Virginia have all been sent home from their respective tournaments due to COVID positivity. Yeah, so that's I think this will be the first time since what the early '90s that Duke will not be in the NCAA tournament. Yeah, they they did announce that they're just going to end their season. Yep, I mean they probably weren't going to make it in the Big Dance unless they won their uh, the the conference championship. They really were not a good team this year. Really? Wow. Yeah, they were they were going to struggle to make it in. Um, quick hits. NHL has agreed to a seven year uh, deal starting in 2021-22 season with ESPN. Uh, games will air on the entire family of networks, including ABC, ESPN Plus, and Hulu. And uh, some select games uh, will be uh, accessible to. NHL out of market TV series, uh, so like uh, blackout rules are going to apply. Is what I what I read into that, right? Probably, but and, they're saying that now for the U.S. customers, you will now have free access to NHL TV through your ESPN Plus subscription. Ooh. So, Mike, I guess like if so, if you're like, let's for example here, let's say that I was still living out in Oregon, I could technically watch. Blackhawks hockey through ESPN plus with this deal 
Or for you, let's say that you want to see, I mean, you could watch out-of-market games through your ESPN Plus subscription with that deal. Hopefully they so have it, some stuff. So it takes NBCSN out of the deal, or at least part of it, because it is this yeah. is a partial deal, so maybe NBC Gets still... Wednesday night hockey? Yeah, we'll keep some some hockey telecasts and spread it across their family and networks. Um, but I mean, it kind of the one thing I started thinking about with this is could you see NBCSN dropping out of other coverage deals like NASCAR or the Premier League? And I think maybe the NBC does some golf across their family networks too, don't yeah. they? Yeah, yeah, and they, they, I mean, they own the Golf Channel. Yeah. <clears throat> So, yeah, it's going to be – I mean, NBCSN is already calling it well, quits, so we'll see how yeah. that how that looks going to, towards the future. Uh, that basically is going to le- – I mean, yeah. You have uh, ESPN. You're, you're going to see – yeah, you're going to see their – Yeah, I mean, good – I think it's a good deal for hockey as I think yeah. a lot of other teams – lot a lot of TV subscribers have – access to the ESPN family and networks and with yep. the Disney bundles. Oh yeah. It's going to put ESPN plus. It's going to give them good content for, uh, for Hulu and ESPN plus users. If you're a hockey fan. So I think yep. you could easily grow the sport more in the U S with getting that content out to more people. Yep. Um, so folks, uh, that is all we have this week. Any shout outs needed for this week for personal reasons, rich? Um, not that I can think of. Did we have anybody? Have any, any comments we need to shout out? No show shout uh, shout outs. So oh. we're gonna put in for you. Uh, we're gonna give you uh, some information. Uh, if you are listening on our podcast, you want to see our pretty faces. Check the link below to go to our Facebook page, facebook.com slash balls and sticks. That'll get you to our show page, where we broadcast every week. If you want to join in on our poll questions, click on the link. Sending you to Facebook.com slash fans of Balls and Sticks as you will then be allowed to uh, to join our fan page. Rich, what other links do we need people to click on this week specifically for the tournament? Um, we will have a link to our to join our tournament pick'em page uh, through Yahoo. So um, make sure to join that before the action tips off in a couple of weeks. Get your uh, it's just set. a week away. Week away. Oh, wow. wow. T- tomorrow is Selection Sunday, and they start and playing the games. games. start Thursday. No, they yeah. start Friday. Well, I guess Thursday is Thursday, the playing Friday. games. Yeah, I They're, think Wednesday they, is playing. The games start on Thursday. I thought they changed it to uh, Friday through Monday. No, because round one is Thursday, Friday, and then round two of the first weekend of action is Saturday, Sunday. So if you play it on Friday, your second round game is on Sunday first round on game on thursday your second round is on saturday um, so either way it's it's coming up and if you want to join in you there is we'll have a link below on the podcast site Rich, on, you're uh, wrong. i'm sorry you're wrong i am wrong? yeah i am yeah okay i'll send you the i'll send you the thing but uh no. this is important because folks this does have to do with the ncaa tournament so my bad. Okay. So, uh, round one, uh, Selection Sunday is for the men's. Uh, the first four games, the play-in games, are Thursday, March 18th. 
Uh, first okay. round is Friday through Friday, Saturday, the 19th and 20th of March. The second round is Sunday, Monday, the 21st and 22nd. Ooh, okay. The Sweet 16 will then be, yeah, that'll get us down to the, to the Sweet 16, which that's actually going to be Saturday and Sunday, the week following, the 27th and 28th. The Elite 8 will be Monday the 29th and Tuesday the 30th. Saturday will be the Final Four and uh, will will be the f- final four games, and then Monday the they're gonna skip April fourth. Okay, maybe the maybe they're gonna have all four games on Saturday, and then Sunday is gonna be the. Uh, huh. Okay. I could have sworn in the past that they did it on. Uh, yes, the past. The, Thursday. This is new Thursday. rules for this year. Uh, okay. The most of the time it's. Thursday through Sunday, and then Monday, and then the the championship game is that Monday afterwards. So yeah, so yeah, this yeah, is a, I know. a new thing. You have one so, extra day to get your bracket put together. Ooh, okay. Um, so if you've already signed up, thank you very much for for joining in the fun. Make sure to get your brackets set up. Yep. Uh, before the action tips off on. On Friday, yeah, that should there, be up. And there is also time to sign up yep. if you haven't done so already. You get an extra day to sign up. So click on those links, folks. Uh, and if you're listening on the podcast, please go over wh- whether or not you're listening on the podcast. We do ask that you go over to your favorite podcast platform and give us a five star rating. Let us know that we're doing well uh, and leave a comment. We might read those on the air, too. I'll have to figure out mm-hmm. how to get to them, but we'll do that. Uh, Rich, you know what it's time for? It's time to roll that intro, but I guess one thing I almost forgot: Happy St. Patrick's Day! It's St. Patrick's Day weekend. I, uh, man, it's so weird. So sorry, I'm gonna, I'm yeah. gonna quick detour <laughs> this. I don't know if you had this issue when you were in Portland, but uh-huh. in the Quad Cities, if you if you're not from the Quad Cities, let me tell you, the Quad Cities St. Patty's Day is basically a national holiday. And it starts the weekend before, and it goes all the way through St. Patty's Day. And sometimes they make it the weekend after as well. Mm-hmm. But uh, party started yesterday. I legitimately had uh, had notifications of, like, six different bars that I follow in the Quad Ooh. Cities on Facebook uh, of them being live at their start, the kickoff for their St. Patty's Day parties. Um, mm-hmm. People were drinking at 8 in the morning today. And we'll continue to drink until they pass out tonight at like three in the morning. Uh, don't forget, you lose an hour tonight, so that kind of sucks. Um, but then on top of it, uh, it they will continue to party until Wednesday. Up here, nothing. I asked people, do we even have an Irish pub around here? The nearest one is Emmitsburg, and mm. uh, nobody up here does anything. And uh, in fact, I had two people say, oh, yeah, when is St. Patty's Day? <laughs> Folks, I'm an Irishman. It hurt me. But, uh, yeah, so all that. So, Rich, ready to roll that outro? Yeah. So if you are going to go out, go out to your favorite establishment and have some have some drinks for St. Patrick's Day, please don't drink and drive. Be safe out there. Be safe. Know want... when to stop. <laughs> we want to see you next week. And uh, roll that outro. That's right. Broadcasting live from somewhere in Iowa, 
This is Balls and Sticks, the podcast with your hosts, Mike and Rich. 